When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello, Monica. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. On this fine Saturday in America. It's a beautiful sunny day in Los Angeles. It's 62 to 7. It's... It's 67 degrees. 67 degrees with a high (laughs) chance of wind. It's not just a chance, a guarantee. A guarantee, baby. (laughs) Because us in the foothills over here are uh, getting it. In the San Gabriel Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, our heart goes out to the rest of the country who is fucking freezing. Jesus Christ, yeah. My family lives northeast of Dallas Mm. and ooh. Listen, if you guys get a chance to donate, I totally would. They have a bunch of like aid funds that you can donate directly to. Yeah. One thing that I, that I will say is before this podcast started, yes. I was watching a paint mixing video. You were? <laughs> I was. I love that. Like like the TikToks or like. No, I saw I, I am not on TikTok. I saw it on Instagram, <laughs> uh, uh, which, by the way, guys, should we get a TikTok? I think we need to. I was thinking about that this morning. I think we got it. I don't know what it's going to be of, but I think uh, I think it's the future. Yeah. Just let us know what you want to see on TikTok. On TikTok. On <laughs> TikTok. Uh, but anyway, I've just, there are a couple of like paint mixing like uh, accounts on Instagram that I've yeah. been looking at and following. My favorite is when the paint is in the shape of something like they have like pigments in the shape of like oreo cookies oh (laughs) and then they like take the little paint scraper and like cut them and like mix them in with like the outside paint you gotta watch it (laughs) i gotta watch these videos i don't know about the ones where they're in shapes yeah when they're you know shape shapes i was really into those videos uh, like those art restoration videos for a Mm. while where they'll take they'll find like some piece of art from like 1400 mm. and then somehow restore it and it gives me a lot of anxiety because wow. you watch them like fucking pour chemicals all over this priceless piece of art and then it uh and then they fix it i like it i like it because in national treasure not one or not two <laughs> but one uh-huh. they take it the decoration and put a lemon on it yes <laughs> and then they go <sighs> and it reveals the map <laughs> So what you're saying is I should start going around <laughs> and finding priceless artifacts mm-hmm. and squeezing citrus on them and, and then breathing going, on them. <sighs> yes. Oh, that was, a, that was a nice, maybe like, was that like ASMR for a minute? A smur. <laughs> Speaking of laughs. Yes. We have the funniest man to talk about today. So funny. Who? So funny. Tell me who it is, damn this it. Man, this funny, funny man. You know him. You love him. You laugh at him with him. His name is Jim Carrey. Woo! Woo! 
Ooh, so I'm going to tell you about our buddy Jim, otherwise known as James Eugene <laughs> Carey, aka Jim <laughs> Carey, is a Canadian American actor, comedian, and writer. He started out doing impressions at a young age. I want to hear like Jim Carrey, like 15 year old Jim Carrey doing his stand up routine just so I can hear him (laughs) with his Canadian accent. Hello. (laughs) I'm Jim Carrey and this is what I'm a boot. You're so you're Ice so good fishing. at that accent. <laughs> a? A? I'm so sorry if we have Canadian listeners. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, he started out doing impressions at a young age and ultimately dropped out of school on his 16th birthday in order to pursue comedy and work to support his struggling family. As he worked his way through the Canadian comedy circuit through his teens, Carey gained recognition for his contortionist comedy and celebrity impressions and began getting small film and television roles. He first gained widespread recognition in 1990 after landing a recurring role on the sketch comedy series In Living Color, a role that would ultimately get him his first lead role in the hit film (laughs) Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. (laughs) His career literally skyrocketed after this role, gaining him immense fame through the late 90s and early 2000s with leading roles in The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Liar Liar, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and many more. Bob after Bob. (laughs) While largely typecast as a comedic actor, Carrie has also had success in dramatic roles, being critically acclaimed for The Truman Show, Man on the Moon, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He's been nominated for one BAFTA, seven Golden Globes with two wins, one Grammy, and one SAG Award. He has also been named one of the best actors never to have received an Academy Award nomination. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And he's also the literal daddy to a single daughter. Oh. Yes, her name is Jane, I think. Oh. (laughs) I thought her name was like Tulip or something. Tulip Carey. No, he had her when he was like 21. Oh, geez. Yeah, I think with like a waitress from the comedy store. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. You know, back when he had that really blonde hair and he was in Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) When he looked like a spicy surfer. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Monica, what is our first movie? Our first movie today is the one, the only, Mm -hmm. Liar Liar. Otherwise known as (laughs) Liar Liar. (laughs) Uh, Came out in 1997. Great year. Directed by Tom Sh- Shadiak? <laughs> Shadiak? Shadiak. I don't know. <laughs> Directed by Tom Selleck. <laughs> it's not Tom Selleck. No, it's not Tom Selleck. I just cannot. We Neither of us can pronounce it. I'm going to say Shadiak. Shadiak. Okay. Or Shadiak. That. Screenplay by Judd Apatow, Stephen Mazur, and Paul Gouet. Or Gouet. Gouet? Either one. Gay? Guy. No. Gouet. Gouet. No Gouet. No Gouet! <laughs> uh, conniving attorney Fletcher Reed, played by Jim Carrey, is an ace in the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> but his dishonesty and devotion to work ruin his relationships. His wife, Audrey, played by Mara Tierney, has left him for a more dependable man, and Fletcher often breaks his commitments he makes to his beloved son, Max, played by a very young Justin Cooper. When Max wishes his dad would stop lying for 24 hours, Fletcher suddenly finds that he can only speak the truth on the day his career-deciding court case has to be won. What a plot. Can we talk about the name Fletcher Reed? Yeah, Fletcher's... (laughs) 
Fletcher. What Fletcher. Fletch. <laughs> Hey, Fletch. Why don't people name their kids Fletcher anymore? I don't know. I don't think. I think like a popular name now is like Finn, Finley. F- Finley. They name a lot of people that now. Yeah. That's like or a. Or Phineas, or, I guess. Yeah. After, yeah. Let's bring back Fletch. 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 I'm just this getting This is it, my baby, Fletcher. I'm getting it into your subconscious. <laughs> Fletcher. This is my toddler, Fletcher. This is my toddler, Fletcher Norman Reed. <laughs> Um, uh, anyway um i fucking love liar liar i think mm. it's one of the most nostalgic films for me ever i don't know about you it's really good i will say that watching it as an adult i'm like confused as like as to like the rules of the lies yeah there's a lot of the, well there are no rules i suppose because uh. it says that he can't lie however they kind of encountered this whole thing in yes man which he did a lot later yeah yeah, where, yeah. Like, the rule is very fuzzy yeah because he can't lie but like fletcher is constantly just saying everything, everything he thinks yeah which like not saying something is not Lying. lying it's just not saying anything exactly. right unless unless you <laughs> i love how we're breaking this down unless <laughs> you sort of look at it as like lying by omission i guess so which is also but in, a but, lie but based off of that he would be having stream of consciousness dialogue the entire movie i guess you're right <laughs> well he kind of does kind of but like it's not constant and the it pen. would it would be <laughs> The pen that I hold in my hand <laughs> is blue. Blue. Also, how can he? I in that scene, did he have blue written on his face? He right? did all over. It, it was blue. So blue, he blue, can, blue, he also blue, can't blue, blue. write write lies. lies, which is confusing to me too. Because uh-huh. be, because who? Here's the thing: who are you lying to when you're writing? Yeah, on the page. Well, but that wasn't Max's witch. Wait, <laughs> Max's witch. It wasn't Max's witch. Max's Busy witch. Bobby, run. <laughs> it wasn't Max's wish. He just said, "I wish my dad couldn't tell lies," mm-hmm. which I guess is written. I don't know as well. It is written. You shall not tell a lie. But then again, how is writing the word red in a blue pen a lie? I don't know. You know what? Okay, you know what? I think it's like <laughs> I think it's like you're lying to yourself. But I don't. You know I, what I mean? I, I understand you know that. I, you know you. You know, you but know what I, I mean? I don't get how just writing a word is a lie. But you know what I mean? Well, do you know what I mean? I Okay, but do you know what I mean? Because the thing is is he asked a question. It was it okay. was it yeah, was like yeah, yeah. what color is this pen? Sure, sure. And so by writing red, he would have been lying okay. to himself. Therefore, he had to have written blue. All right. <laughs> He's lying to himself. By logic. To himself and the Lord. This is a very religious film. You know what? I would really love for like people who are like philosophy majors or like like are currently getting their like doctorate in philosophy. Do I they really study the film Liar Liar. I think they should because it's like a big logic mind fuck. Yeah. Right? It's like if you've ever taken like a a, a logic class in philosophy, uh-huh. it's like <laughs> that movie breaks all the rules. <laughs> Um, so regardless of the plot holes i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh this movie i like 
I watched this movie so often as a child. Like mm. my family still quotes this movie. Incredible. All the time. My mother, who What's... can barely remember seeing certain films, <laughs> quotes fucking Jim Carrey in this movie. Well, what I want to know is like, what do they say? What's the what's the quote? What are the quotes that they pull out of their front a and back pockets? A lot of them. Lots of like the claw, lots the of claw. like like the the blooper at the end, the goose. Oh my god. One. Yes. Um <laughs> like <laughs> We got Aaron with that one. Uh, a goose. A goose. <laughs> um, oh, the one, the one quote, I even wrote this one down where, uh, where Jerry, like, he, I think he like hits Matt, Max with something or he like pats him on the back and Jim Carrey just goes, he struck the child. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh my God. It's so good. Um, I will say for the majority of the film, I, I find it really hard to buy into Jim Carrey as a father because he be, he looks like he belongs with the child as like he a does, sibling. But, but like, that's why it's a problem. Cause I do yeah. buy that he like gave, not, he didn't give birth, but like he, he created this child. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm just like, I cannot picture you as a fucking dad. No, yeah. It's really hard for me to do that. But you know, he's such a phenomenal actor that either way, he's able to have these like really sweet and tender moments with, with Max that have nothing to do with like the claw or like saying everything or like mm -hmm. sketchily and like really sussily taking him to a, a park to make him unwish the wish and it's <laughs> fucking awkward as shit yeah <laughs> uh, listen i think i think i credit a lot of people like a lot of kids from our generation or our age group with yeah. like this is why a lot of us were like weird snarky adult children yes. <laughs> Yes. because all we did was fucking watch liar liar at least that's how it was with like me and my brother and mm -hmm. all of our friends because we would just quote this movie all the time and then we ended up turning into like 12 year olds who talked like we were 45 <laughs> <laughs> this was a movie that defined a generation it defined a generation <laughs> um Anyway, so back to, I guess, Jim Carrey in... in Jimacy. His, in J James, James Eugene. James Eugene. In, in this movie. He, he's known for his, like, huge humor, but I don't have, like, a lot of analysis on his comedy because it's just, it's his comedy. It, it honestly is what it is. <laughs> it is what it... There's no... You can't, like, dissect it, The really. thing is, is, like, you almost have to suspend disbelief with a Jim Carrey movie in the same way that, like, when you go to a theater, you just have to fucking let it go and, like, let yeah. it happen. Let go and let God. Because, <laughs> honestly, like, if you don't... The reason why a lot of people... Like, people have, like, a hate-love relationship with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. In the same way that they have a hate-love relationship with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I would think, say this, he, they're kind of similar figures. Yeah, they're similar. But I think that with specifically Jim Carrey, if you're really not into, like, physicality mm -hmm. as as a form of comedy, mm -hmm. you're of course you hate him. Yeah. I think that the suspension of disbelief comes more into play in movies like, like Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura. Yeah. And things like that. This one, though, I think... I think I love this movie so much. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but especially because this is the one that's like a really good example of a happy medium. Yeah. Where like the the humor is part of a very real person. Right. And you can see someone's dad being like this. Yes. Like just being this like fucking wacky dad clown vibes. dude. Yeah. And so it doesn't seem that out of left field. I mean, he does insane shit because like there, there's weird magical realism in this lying thing going <laughs> yeah. on. But but besides that, he's like he's very real, you know. I do know. I I will say I do. 
I do know and I do see that. Mm-hmm. I just think in general, sometimes you have to like understand, okay, that's Jim Carrey. This oh, is what yes, he does. Absolutely. Like you, you have to buy into it that way because while, while it's understandable that like someone w- would act a certain way if they were a goofy human being and if they just all, all of a sudden couldn't lie and they're like essentially a pathological liar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand how like some people might react like a certain funky way. But like yeah. in this movie, I think the reason why it's so good is because of the reactions that Jim Carrey gives to himself. Yeah. Like he he almost becomes like two people fighting. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. He, he becomes like person A and person B mm-hmm. fighting for the mic and like constantly in battle with each other. And I find that to be so incredible for specifically this film, because like you're like you were saying earlier, like like other films, it's it's you have to buy into it a little bit more yeah. with this one. He just does such a great job of like fighting with himself. Yes. That the result is just a, like physical comedy to the max that you really enjoy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, and it uh, I think it gives him the opportunity to like create layers, even if they're just layers of comedy, they're but it's still, there. still it's still layers, which is important because the idea of this film is inherently funny on its oh, own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think it could get a little boring if just scene after scene, which is I think the problem that Yes Man ran yeah. into yeah. is where you're like, okay, this is funny, but I'm bored 30 minutes in. <laughs> I love I love how this is like a <laughs> A comparison. This is turned into a comparison between Yes Man and Lila. I didn't mean it to, but it has a lot of similarities. Um, (laughs) I love the thing is, is is just going back to like him fighting with himself. Yeah, obviously, like one of the one of the climax. This movie, I think, has like multiple climaxes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in the climax, in one of the many climaxes, when he is in the courtroom and realizes that he like he's been drinking all this water and it's like I gotta go pee, he's in the bathroom and he gets the idea like I'm just gonna fuck myself up. Yeah, to get out of this. (laughs) To get out of this. So (laughs) you see, you see like a physical manifested representation of like the fight going on inside, Mm -hmm. and it is just peak comedy. It's. It is so good comedy. It's so good. And then if you like even scratch below the surface of the comedy of it, Mm -hmm. you're just like, this is all manifestations of like this man's immense shame. Yes. uh, Which is, is something that people I think can really identify with, which Mm -hmm. is why I think this movie and his performance in this movie is a larger example of like truly wild comedians are yes. capable of do of like having so much depth yes but still being like massively entertaining yes which i don't think a lot of people recognize which is why people like adam sandler and jim carrey mm-hmm. don't get like serious roles all the time mm-hmm. you know yeah i i love how jim carrey is like a walking piece of desperation mm-hmm. in this film He's desperate to be a good father, even though he knows he isn't one. Yep. He's desperate to be a good husband, even though he's divorced. They're literally divorced. They're literally divorced. Calling her my wife. And one of, (laughs) and he's desperately like clinging on to her because Mm -hmm. he, she is the only like, she's basically the bridge between him being a lawyer and Mm -hmm. being a normal dad person, right? Yeah. Because he's desperate to like not have his identity be tainted by anything other than being a professional and a successful man Mm -hmm. and that unfortunately includes being a father right and in his mind he can't be a good father 
and be a lawyer. It's like one or the other, right? Because a lot of the times he chooses his profession over his family because again, in his mind, which this is just not the case in real life, Mm -hmm. but in his mind, it's the desperate act of a desperate man. He is like, no, no, no. I need to be the best lawyer in the world. And that is completely separate from being a good father. That is completely separate from being a good (laughs) ex-husband. Yeah. That is completely separate from being like a kind human. Yeah, he just takes it for granted. He's like, well, it's like they they exist over there. Like it's very out of sight, out of mind for him, I think. And the only, and it's annoying because the only time he ever gets like pissy is when Jerry's around. Yeah. Who fucking Carrie Elwes as Jerry. Oh my God. <laughs> so the character of Jerry is so, so inconsequential. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, he's like Neil. He, he is, is like Neil. In the Santa Claus. He's literally Neil from the Santa he Claus. Is where he's just like, hey, pal. <laughs> Why don't we go play catch? Here's my card. Call me. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Yes, this guy is Neil. And he represents the threat to Jim Carrey's family. Yes. And even though in his mind, he's like, I should be in his position. Like I should be the one canoodling with my wife and Mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. He knows that in his mind, he's got it fucking twisted. Like for whatever reason, he believes. And Jim Carrey is such a good actor that you can see that he believes this with every fiber of his being. That being a good lawyer mm-hmm. has nothing to do with being a good father or being a good husband or being a good provider or being a kind person. Yeah. Like they are so far away from each other. Well, he didn't think that like his wife hating him or being mad at him or them being divorced had any impact upon like how his child would view him. Yes. So it's really not until Max realizes and starts mm-hmm. vocalizing like, oh, my dad is a piece of shit. You yeah. can't actually say that, but. <laughs> when he says my dad fucking sucks. My dad fucking blows. <laughs> so it's not until then where he's like, oh, I can't get away with this anymore. Like, I can't just mm-hmm. be like the fun dad who drops in on the weekends or picks him up from school and have that still make me a good father because mm-hmm. now Max realizes like- That's not enough. No, it's not enough. You missed my fucking birthday party because you were fucking some lawyer. You and never see you. me. You never see me. You break all of your promises. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it doesn't even make him a good lawyer. No. And that's the, and that's the that's the uh that's the that's the funny bit of it all, isn't it? Yeah. Because it doesn't even make him a good lawyer. No, well, I mean it's playing on the whole trope of like <laughs> lawyers, more like liars. <laughs> <laughs> because remember the the uh movie opens with the the like mm-hmm. what do your parents do and Max is like, "My daddy is a, a liar." liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean a lawyer oh my god yeah and the thing is is like again it just doesn't it doesn't even make him a good lawyer no it does because in order to be a good lawyer you have to have a deep understanding of the law and he doesn't even have a good understanding of the law all he all he does is just lie and yet he wins and yet he wins and he's partner or he's being like considered for partner 
partner. It's nuts. It's just bizarre. It's just it's just absolutely bizarre. Well, um, but I love this movie. I love this movie it's so, so fucking much. I, it was an absolute delight to go back and watch this. Just brill. Uh-huh. Just brill. And then in the, in the final act of desperation, he hi- he basically hijacks like yeah a stair thing. Yeah, a one stair of those car. motorized stair thingies at the airport, and uh, almost fucking kills himself and everyone on a plane. I know that that scene where he's like laying on the stretcher is like quite sad. I know. I'm like, oh my god. Well, I'm telling you, it's the final act of desperation. Yeah, because he's like could have died. Listen, he would have gotten a prime time spot on Desperate Housewives. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That character, <laughs> mm, girl, you desperate. <laughs> girl your shit that shit ain't on lock you're just desperate as fuck (laughs) Uh, but it's so good it's all for it's really all for the realization of no i do want to be a good father correct i do want to be a good person correct i didn't know that before which is kind of insane but like it is what it is like i didn't even know what that meant he didn't know what that meant therefore he didn't know he wanted it exactly um so yeah yeah great go, film go watch liar liar you'll have great time lie liar liar <laughs> <laughs> lawyer lawyer um so the next movie we're going a little bit a touch more dramatique dramatique um and only a year later and that is the truman show came out in 1998 directed by peter weir screenplay by andrew nickel he doesn't know it but everything in truman burbank's the fact that his fucking last name is Burbank <laughs> kills me. Manufactured. <laughs> but everything in Truman Burbank's, or Jim Carrey's life, is part of a massive TV set. Executive producer Christoph, played by Ed Harris, <laughs> orchestrates The Truman Show, a live broadcast of Truman's every move captured by hidden cameras. Christoph tries to control Truman's mind, even removing his true love, Sylvia, played by Natasha Mikkelhone. Mikkelhone? McElhone Toblerone okay (laughs) from the show and replacing her with Meryl played by Laura Linney as Truman gradually discovers the truth however he must decide whether to act on it Ooh, I love the Truman Show what a fucking concept am I right the Truman Show is one of my favorite movies growing up it's it is so good good. Uh, the truman show was actually the first jim carrey movie i ever saw is it really so i thought i think liar liar was mine i thought the whole time he was just a normal like like actor i didn't think he was like a a comedic actor per se oh i thought you Um, meant truman and i was like did you not understand no 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 no. and then it wasn't until later that my dad was like lamau dumb and dumber and he was like you have to see this and i was like okay because i had no control over like what i watched yeah (laughs) so the truman show is a phenomenal film and very nostalgic for me yes it's also kind of like a little bit of a mind fuck of a movie oh yeah because while it is like a movie it does it has a takes a really interesting look at like the the difference between like the fake and the controlled and the line between them and how in a way we're all kind of living in a sort of simulation yeah because there are all these systems that even are like in real life in our real life mm-hmm. are out of our hands that dictate certain things and you're like is it that different from no. truman's life yeah i think the movie makes a really incredible statement on like how when you're living your life you're not really living it Mm-hmm. everyone else is kind of living it for you and the systems by which you live by 
are the things that control and dictate how you function and yeah. how you operate in this current society. Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs> the only difference is that you're, I mean, you're not being broadcast on television, which even yeah. that is. Even that now. Uh, yeah, I was going to say with, with, the, with the advent of social media. Yes. <laughs> this has become a documentary. Um, <laughs> with the advent of social media. You can see <laughs> um, that things have gotten just a lot more like everyone's got a phone on phone mm-hmm. in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a camera. Everyone's, everyone's TikToking. Everyone's constantly recording everything, uh-huh. everything. So it almost feels like we're living in the Truman show sometimes. And yeah. I love how Truman represents like innocence, right? Mm-hmm. It's like all that is good in the world. All that is pure. All that is naive. All that is innocent exists in Truman mm-hmm. because he genuinely has no control over anything other than his own conviction, yeah. right? His own understanding and his own empathy and his own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Those are all the things that he has control over. So when he's like, when he's like creepily, honestly, this ha- like it is pretty fucking creepy. <laughs> when he's like creepily putting together like the face of Sylvia yes. in his basement away from his wife. I love that part though. It's it, so good. It really humanizes him and it makes him it gives you sort of like a a, a first peek mm-hmm. at like what his dreams are and like who he is yeah. because even watching the movie you're like what's real what's not what's really truman what was fabricated for him what's going on <laughs> yes no absolutely and jim carrey i think was like he really was just like the perfect vessel i think for this kind of story vessel <laughs> because he is he's such a reactive actor oh my god but like acting is reacting (laughs) yes (laughs) but (laughs) but actually (laughs) because he he's such a reactive actor but like he has so much depth in all Mm. of those reactions even the fucking wild ones. He's an like, onion. I was going to say that there are all of these little nods to like Jim Carrey's usual humor, but it's not even that they're nods. It's just fucking Jim Carrey. Like yeah. that's just what lies within him. And that is kind of like his little, his like secret sauce, I guess you could yeah. say. I You're absolutely right. I think that um, with a lot of the situations that Truman gets put in mm-hmm. and a lot of the like weird shit that starts happening to him at the beginning of the movie, which is like, you're supposed to assume as an audience member that this has been going on his entire life. And only today are things a little different because like the equipment's starting to get really old and rickety and like shit's starting to fall from the sky. Radio frequencies keep getting interrupted. Like all this shit starts to happen. Like this is why, if you think about it as like a much larger simulation, this is why we're being tuned into this part of the simulation because shit's changing. Yeah. I was thinking that this movie is a really good example because I feel like in film classes, they always ask the question of like, you know, like why make, why make the movie? Why make the movie? Why, why are we making the movie on this day? Like, yeah. why are we coming in on this part mm-hmm. of the story? And this movie is a very clear example perfect. of like exact, of like a, like just the perfect the perfect time to come in on a story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it opens and then the fucking light falls from the sky Uh and falls at his feet. And you're like, ah, Uh, this is why here we go, baby. Here we go. So, uh, all this to say, (laughs) if you have a, if you're currently going to NYU, stop, cease all payments just listen to this podcast just listen to this podcast. It's all you need. We just covered your first semester of film school. Who needs degrees? Why make a movie? Why make it at a certain time? (laughs) 
Um, yes. And I just, I, I'm going to shout. So I know this is about Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Laura Linney. So good. Playing opposite him. <laughs> oh my God. She's so good. Especially the sequence when he kidnaps her. Oh my where God. he pulls her into the car and he's like, they're looking out the, the yes. rear view mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like timing the people walking by. Yes. And then they drive and there's like the fucking chemical fire. And he just yes. drives her through the flames and she's losing her she's mind. losing her shit. <laughs> oh, she's just, she's the perfect like blank canvas for Jim Carrey's mm-hmm. like shit. Mm-hmm. He just like throws it all on her and she bounces it back and it's just so good. Yeah. And it like, it brings up all these other interesting questions because you're like this, the simulation is about Truman. The show mm-hmm. is the Truman show. Yeah. But also like they've had all these these people who are actors but they're living their life yeah within the truman show and so you're like people have made like consciously made a simulation their life as well yes which yes. is another thing that very much applies to and the real life not to the real just world. that but the people watching because yes. it's a 24 inception it's a 24 hour live stream yeah that's been that's happening for what like 30 it is something for like 30 years. something years and they're like trying to get him to settle down and like have kids with his wife uh-huh. meryl and he's meryl, like no it's like i'm keeping my seed i'm keeping it for sylvia <laughs> who they took away i know who they like fired from the show exactly but yeah, it it basically sh- because i love that the movie takes little slivers of time to also show you how people, how the normal people, like the mm-hmm. people of America, I'm assuming, are reacting to the show happening right then and there. Yeah. So it's a movie about people watching a movie. Sorry, it's a movie about people watching a live stream about people controlling a person's mm-hmm. life while that live streaming is happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's it's really tolling on the mind because you're thinking like, well, what are those people doing? Like the guy in the bathtub who's like constantly watching this stream, mm-hmm. right? We're, we just keep seeing him in the bathtub. Are people like being drawn to the show because it's happening every single minute of every single day? And at that point they can't live without, without that show mm-hmm. on? Like people are watching it at work. Like I think that the movie's really smart in showing you that like people are watching it at all hours of the day. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Like they have it on the background at work. They have it in the bathtub. They have it like it's constantly playing. And I think that that's really interesting, especially at the end when everyone's like, well, what should we watch next? Yeah. Because I think it's just a constant form of distraction. Uh. It's it's There's a lot to think about in this movie, especially like, in the ending moment where spoiler alert Truman I mean he has figured out that he's in a simulation but he's like trying to get out yeah and his sailboat crashes into the wall which is like a very powerful moment oh yeah and he walks up those little stairs and he has to decide whether or not because he has zero idea what's on the other side of that wall well yeah and I'm sure there's an identity crisis because he's like (gasps) my I am I am a fabrication, but does that make him less real? Because he is a real person, even though he was fake or created. Yes. And I'm sure it was just like in that moment, an existential crisis happening before he walked through that door. And it was just Mm -hmm. such a powerful move to just have him like very calmly, very calculatively, very carefully just leave, open the door and step on through. Yeah. And 
this film is just so good. <laughs> this is all to say that like Jim Carrey was working with a lot. There's yeah. a lot going on in this. So character. much going on around him. And he's known for his huge comedy. And then he takes this role, which is it is a I think it's a dramedy. I mean, yeah. it, it's a more dramatic role, but there is a lot of lightness, I think, to a lot mm. of it. But like, it takes so much talent to bring genuine moments of humor to like an, mm-hmm. a very kind of like mind fucky movie. Yeah. And also to make a character who has been manufactured a very real person and to like make you feel for that person. There's a lot happening. What I love that Jim Carrey does in this film beyond all the other things mm-hmm. that we just talked about is just like, he brings he does not for a single moment allow you despite what the script is telling us and what Mm -hmm. the overall film is telling us he does not for a single moment allow you to feel sorry for him no yeah he literally takes control of his character's narrative and drives him forward like at every waking moment that we see truman on screen there is always something happening even in mo- like literally even in moments where the script is like no 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 like he's done for like yeah, we've like got we're him trying to kill him yeah they were literally trying to kill him or they were trying to like in the scene when he was in the ba- he was like basically like locked himself in the mm-hmm. basement and yeah. was like uh, i'm i guess i'm back like everyone thought he was just back and like they had they had snagged him back into his house and they're like all right guys crisis averted truman's gonna be back we're gonna keep broadcasting the stream and then they realize that he's gone Mm -hmm. because he dug himself out and i think that was so (laughs) powerful because it's like jim carrey is able to be himself Mm -hmm. within this character and it's so hard to feel sorry for jim carrey and that gives so much depth and flavor to the character of Truman because you do not for a sec, you're not allowed to feel sorry for him. Because well, he doesn't he's feel in, sorry for himself. Exactly, while he's in Jim Carrey's hands. Yeah. I feel like with another actor, we might have felt a lot of moments of like, man, this guy's life's blows. Yeah, like he's really <laughs> depressed by this like, or something like that. I'm imagining yeah. like Jason Bateman playing the role of uh, <laughs> Truman. Yeah. And I'm like, I would feel 24 seven sorry for that man. Sure. I'm <laughs> sorry to this man (laughs) um but yeah he's just he's just brill he's so good oh man uh you gotta you gotta see the truman show the truman show is one of my favorite movies of all time uh and i recently watched it obviously for this podcast and i showed it to my husband for the first time because he had never seen it i had never seen it all the way through like i had seen the beginning and the end but there was a lot of middle stuff i had missed yeah um and it was great. My mom had never seen it. We watched it together oh, and she loved so it. So good. I love movies like this that make me think for 50,000 years. Yes. And it wasn't too long either, which no. you know we love. We love a snappy film. <laughs> we love it. Make it under two hours and you've got us hooked. <laughs> uh okay well do you have any other thoughts on truman on the show it's such a good movie it's just so good if you haven't seen it please go watch it it's genuinely what i consider to be one of the greatest movies of all time oh okay like for real all right for real do you want to fight me no i don't want to fight you i think it's just a really good it's a really prime example of like everything that he can do because he does have those little morsels of comedy, like his whole like, and if I don't see ya, <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good, good night. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's she's good. Yeah. She's good one. She's good. The next movie though, we're gonna we're gonna leave you on a low note. <laughs> well, 
kind of the ending of this movie is relatively very high. high. Yeah, yeah, it's hopeful. I would say it's like hopeful it, to the point where like I've only seen I had only seen this movie once before, and I told you I was like, oh god, this is gonna depress me. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. And then I watched it, and I was like, I completely forgot that Amen. it has a happy ending. It does. It has a happy. Yeah. I feel like everyone forgets that. Yes, because people are like, this is one of the most depressing movies ever. Um, and I actually don't agree. With I don't that. agree with that sentiment at all. No. I think it's really close. You know what? Let's just tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Ah. Came out in 2004. Good year. Yeah. Directed by <laughs> Michael Gondry. Screenplay by Charlie Kaufman. One of my favorite screenwriters. So good. So weird. So good. He's such a freak. I, uh, love, I love him. He recently came out with a movie on Netflix that I really like. Oh, you watched it? I did. I haven't seen it. It's so good. I watched um, Anomalisa in, uh, oh, recently yeah. for the first time. And that movie was a mindfuck as well. That was a trip. So good. Uh, I, so he's good. Just, if you want to see puppets have sex, watch Anomalisa. He is honestly, I would say he's probably my favorite screenwriter interesting he, yeah i just i love like his like mind fuck like I narrative would, i would want to see inside charlie kaufman's Ooh. mind because i feel like it's a scary place yeah to be. it's just it's, um, oh god yeah. oh so yeah tell us <clears> about <throat> the movie monica anyway after a painful breakup clementine <laughs> played by <laughs> kate winslet with an incredible uh, American accent, by the way. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, Kate Winslet, like you've never seen her, oh, really. Oh, she's got this shit on lock. Yeah, because she plays like a wild, freaky girl in this, and she never gets to play that. No, never. She's like low-key kinky in this. Yeah. Undergoes a procedure to erase memories of her former boyfriend, Joel, played by Jim Carrey, from her mind. When Joel discovers that Clementine is going to extremes to forget the relationship, he undergoes the exact same procedure and slowly begins to forget the woman that he loved. At this point in time, like in 2004, not not 2021. What? Um, <laughs> the phrase like Jim Carrey movie meant something entirely different. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> than what this movie is. Mm -hmm. Like this is a film starring film. the actor mm -hmm. James Eugene Carey. <laughs> James Eugene Carey. Like, it's very clear right from the beginning that this movie is art. And he had shown us before that he could do it. Like, he showed us The Truman Show. Mm -hmm. He did Man on the Moon, which mm -hmm. if you haven't seen Man on the Moon, please Brill. go watch it. Brill. Um, but it takes the right kind of film to get this out of Jim Carey. And I think having a very darkly humorous and kind of oh. trippy person like Charlie Kaufman, it's really a, a wonderful marriage between, so between actor it's and It's so creamy. And it's so creamy and rich. <laughs> it's so creamy. I, this is my favorite Jim Carrey role. Yeah. Like of all time. He, and he's unbelievable. He's just like, when I tell you, Jim Carrey can fucking act. Yeah. Like not just, he's not just a comedian and he's not just an actor. Like he can act mm -hmm. <laughs> like it is ingrained in him in every fiber of his being. And mm -hmm. he is so truthful. And you can tell that there have been experiences in his life where he's like pulled from in order to create this sort of like really kind of depressed a little bit, you know, run down man mm -hmm. who has passions, but is too scared to pursue them and is too scared to let them become any other form because he's been so hurt in the past you can tell that he's using like really lived experiences to create this new version of jim carrey that i've never seen before oh absolutely because uh. there really is 
no trace of the Jim Carrey you know none. in this movie. Like none. I mentioned that there is little like hints of it in the Truman Show, but like in this movie, none. Zero. Absolutely nothing. Jim Carrey is not cracking jokes. Jim Carrey anywhere. can't come to the phone right now. He's dead. <laughs> He's James now. He's James now. <laughs> but we we've discussed this concept before. I think I think on our Eddie Murphy episode where the the confidence that comes with being such a talented comedic mm-hmm. actor a talent. is something that frees those like farthest reaches of your mind mm-hmm. so that you're able to commit more fully to these insanely dramatic moments. Like he's not afraid to go to the edge of drama because he's already been to the edge in a way in his comedy. Cause yeah. you, you have to not be afraid to go there. Like he's so free. It's like that ride at Knott's Berry farm. <laughs> the like the giant boat that looks like a dragon oh yeah but, yeah, like, yeah. The, like the, the viking one that boat swings, swings like, back the, and forth swings, yeah there you go he literally just <laughs> he is the dragon boat i f- i feel like truly co- truly talented comedians are people who can swing like the full length of that pendulum the full length yeah not just like dip your toes in like like fully immerse yeah. yourself whereas if you're just like a lightly comedic actor it- or like just a dramatic actor for the most part like you're kind of living somewhere in the middle precisely but if you can do both like oh then you can really holy do both holy yeah. moly get me one ticket to knott's berry farm <laughs> i want to see um i love the way that this movie handles the topics of the topic of like relationships and like mm-hmm. loss because i think I think what this movie tackles mostly is that relationships can fundamentally change you at like the fucking molecular level. Uh-huh. Um, and it uses like, like I want to say like pseudoscience. <laughs> yeah. Uses like some like bullshit science-y like brain. It, some like Charlie bullshit. Like it's just truly yes. bullshit. Um, in order for you to sort of like visually see how much damage has been done to a person after a relationship ends. Because it's 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 just it's life-changing i mean and this movie just really dives deep into like what that looks like what grief looks like what loss looks like and like it answers just the overall fundamental question of like if you could forget would you Mm -hmm. and why yeah absolutely um it's it really makes you recognize that like relationships whether romantic or otherwise are not just like something that happened to Mm. you or happen around you. Like they really become a part of you. And Kate Winslet's character in this movie is not a fan of recognizing that her identity has been impacted by another person. Um, And so she makes this very impulsive decision to go have her relationship erased. Whereas Jim Carrey, initially at least, he's like, he's fine with that concept. I think he like, grasps that that's like what being in a relationship is yes and i think there's there's a difference between accepting that and then adopting it and saying okay like this is this has changed me and that is okay right versus this has changed me full stop like period (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah well and then which is where he's at (laughs) well and he also does it to spite her yes where he's like i'm so pissed that you did this so i'm gonna gonna do the same thing to you yeah but neither of them are recognizing that they can feel the satisfaction of doing it because they have forgotten each other (laughs) exactly exactly it's just it's so 
silly. It's, it's very silly. It's very silly. And I think that a, a lot of what Jim Carrey's character is going through in this film is really, it, it's, it's really relatable. Mm-hmm. And like feeling that deep hurt and that deep loss. And then not really knowing like why you feel that way because you've forgotten. <laughs> you've just forgotten like what the fuck's going on in your life. Yeah, well, the thing is, is like, I can kind of understand the whole, like, I don't want to remember the person I was with because it causes me pain right after the breakup, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think the the other layer on top of that is that, like, people are equally afraid of knowing that there will come a time where they don't love that person anymore and where that person doesn't matter to them and where they're not thinking about them. Yes. Because it feels bad. It it makes you sad to recognize that that is inevitably going to happen. Right. And so it's protective of the now and and the the future. future. It's just, it's very, very upsetting. Very heady. Like- (laughs) This is the kind of movie where you like have to watch and then think about it for like a week. Yeah. You're like there's just a lot being said and then there's a lot being unsaid, especially by Jim Carrey's character because Jim. Okay. I want to make one thing straight. He is so physical in this movie mm-hmm. in the way that he walks, in the way that he hangs his head, in the way that his fucking neck kind of crooks a little bit. Yeah. Where it, he's like, very like doesn't. It's just like stooped down for a lot he, of this His physicality is absolutely like unmatched mm-hmm. in this film and makes a case for like strong physicality for all dramatic roles. Yeah. Um, and it just, it blows my mind that in just his body, he can convey the literal battle that he has fought with his, at that point, significant other mm-hmm. and the battle he's like eventually going to face again. And it's just so sick that like one actor can change himself because in his mind he has to be like, okay, so today I am, me in the future, but also me in the past. And I've already had this relationship, but I'm also about to have it again. So how do I convey that? (laughs) How do I do that? (laughs) How do I show that like, I'm experiencing something again that I don't remember ever doing? (laughs) (laughs) How do I like, how do I experience loss without having lost? (laughs) (laughs) And then when he finds out he has lost, how do I feel <laughs> lost about something I don't remember? Losing. Yeah. <laughs> it's this movie is another mind fuck in a completely different mm-hmm. way than the Truman Show was. Like it, it and also just like the way that this movie was made is so good. It has a 20 minute introduction before the title card comes out. Oh my up. god, I know. It's and so it's good. Brilliant. It's such a unique method. And I it makes so much sense that Jim Carrey is the person who's gonna be your dramatic lead because it's equally as unexpected Ugh, as it's jarring the quanti- or not the quantity of like what is going on in yes, the movie. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's fucking jarring. Yes. You're you are arrested as an audience member being like, is that Jim Carrey? Yeah. <laughs> is that Kate Winslet with blue hair? <laughs> not to mention that it also gets into weird like magical realism shit. Going on, mm. like, like when they classic, first, classic Hoffman. <laughs> like, there's that scene where he's in the Barnes and Noble. Oh my god! Ta- and it's it's when he realizes that Clementine doesn't know who he is anymore, mm-hmm. and he is like freaked out that she's yes. like, "Who are you?" And he walks out of the Barnes and Noble and immediately into his friend's house, and yes. you're just like, "What? Wait, what?" <laughs> and that's a moment where you're like, "Ah, oh, yes, this is a Charlie Kaufman film." Yes, I also love it because it shows how distracted he is, and it pulls you into that. And he, you're like, "He doesn't. Even, he doesn't even take any account into his surroundings or like the route. Like when you're driving and you drive home and you're home and you're like, "How did I get here?" <laughs> like, 
Yes. How did this happen? I was there and now I'm here. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like he's not living life. It's just happening. Exactly. It's just happening. He, he's not living his life. The life is happening to him. Yes. Ugh. Exactly. Suck it. And in a way, choosing to erase her is taking control of his life. Mm-hmm. To an extent. By removing <laughs> control. By removing control. Yeah. It's it's a whole ass. It's a whole fuck. ass ass is what it is. <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so good because then like there's just, there's so many layers that are happening in the story as we have already discussed. But then also like Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey have to fucking like play themselves as children mm-hmm. too, which is a whole other element of this. Yes. There's a lot of like what I like to call acting gymnastics in this movie (laughs) because you have to do an insurmountable amount of things in a short period of time to show the passage of time, to show your internal feelings, to show how you felt before you forgot, to show how you felt before you forgot before you do it again. Mm -hmm. And like it's very... It's very internal and intertwined. And I really don't think anyone but Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet could have done this because Kate Winslet is a phenomenal actor, like phenomenal with a, she's, with a capital she's P. so good in this. And Jim Carrey can just do it. Like mm-hmm. he's just stretched out that much that he can actually fucking handle it. Yeah, and they aren't two people that I would have thought would have as much no. chemistry as they did. And they do. And they do. So much. So much. So much. Both times they meet. Both times. <laughs> they have lots of bubbly chemistry. <laughs> it's a lab up in there. <laughs> yeah, and the second time they meet, there is like even more chemistry than the mm-hmm. first time, which then kind of makes you go like, maybe yes. it was a good thing that maybe. they erased each other. Because then once they erased each other, they were able to meet again in a better way. And start fresh. But start with the knowledge of the mistakes that they made in their first relationship because they find all the shit again. Yes. But then they <laughs> question, right? Whether yeah. or not it's a good thing to do. And then what comes in? Just good old fashioned hope. Yeah, just good old good fashioned, old fashioned hope. Let's just dive in with both feetsies and go for it. Because I've heard some people like watch this movie and they see the ending and they're like, they're just going to make the same mistakes. Like it's not hopeful. It's indicative no. of like a of wrong. of a cycle of an endless cycle. And I was like, wrong because they the first time they didn't know. They didn't they know no all idea. the shit that they did to each other. Mm. Clementine didn't know that she was insane yeah she had no idea that she was like actually crazy uh, and then also i gotta give a shout out to mark ruffalo oh, who's just yeah. there on the side oh, he's such a daddy just chilling in just the back a, just a computer oh daddy just in a lab coat fucking around with people's brains and fucking shit. around with kristen dunst oh hell yeah who doesn't know she's had her own mind erased oh i know <laughs> So like that B plot is just chef's kiss. The B plot is, <laughs> is so, so good. good. It's so could, unexpected. It could be its own movie. Yes. Like, which is what I love about my good boy, Charlie. Charlie. All of the characters in all of his movies, none of them are inconsequential. It's true. Uh, it's so good. This uh, this movie, there's so much fucking shit going on in this movie. And yet it is all so deliberate. And it's which tight. is like... It's, I'm exhausted thinking mm-hmm. of what it must have been like to be Charlie Kaufman writing yeah, this He movie. was probably so drunk. Yeah. He was probably like, I need to, so I don't feel. <laughs> so yeah, because I happen. feel like you see other, you've seen other movies. I can't think of one right now, but I feel like you've seen other movies try and do something wild oh, like yeah. this. 
And just there are so many loose ends. So many. But this is tight. Yo, this one, every ribbon, she's got a bow. <laughs> she's got a fucking bow. <laughs> loose bow. ends. Loose ends. She does not know her. Loose ends who? Loose ends where? <laughs> How? Why? <laughs> Uh, um, if that's not enough reason to see this movie, I don't know. I don't know what Honestly, is. like, I don't know who the fuck you are if you haven't watched this movie. Like, I'm not trying to be like that bitch, you know. But it's like, really, not as depressing as just watch it. People say it is. Rip, rip the pet patrol bandaid off. Just <laughs> go patrol? for it. Have you never seen? Oh, you mean Paw Patrol? patrol. You crazy? I feel foolish. <laughs> <laughs> and you call yourself a fan? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go watch this movie. Yeah. Well, that's Jim Carrey. That was James Eugene Carrey. James Eugene Carrey. So, Jessica, what have you dabbled in today or this <laughs> well, week? Well, actually, Monica, you and I have been dabbling in the same thing. Oh, yes. We have bitch. a joint dabble. A joint dabble. We've um, decided to take up roller skating. So, Yo, um, b- before everyone critiques us, we know it's trendy. Yeah. We know it. It's not something that we went into thinking we are the ones who invented the roller skating. <laughs> if you've known me for more than two years, you will know that two years ago I <laughs> vowed to get really good at roller skating. Now, did I ever take those skates out of the box? No. 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 But today is the day. Today well, exactly is today, for but Amy. Like- <laughs> Amy, I love you for the rest of my life life husband and wife that was an ex uh, an excerpt from the musical company company, company. <laughs> company. uh anyway so, <laughs> so we have decided to start roller skating yeah we got some skates got some pads mm-hmm. i got a helmet i also got a helmet she has a helmet uh, and we're going to skate and yeah. we'll let you guys know how it goes. To be honest, I don't know how it will go. The goal is to get really good. The goal is to like get fast enough to like race. To race. I want to be able to like skate backwards and like wear little bell bottoms and spin around. Yeah. And that's look like a roller uh, disco queen. That's less so my goal. My goal is to like get away from like the cops. See, you want to, you, your goal is to be like roller derby. Yeah. My goal is to, my goal is, is, be uh, in, uh is there a movie about roller disco no xanadu my goal is to be in xanadu and my goal is whip it yeah okay i like that we have different film goals (laughs) yeah 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 uh i'm whip it hi nice to meet you uh my name is xanadu oh good to meet you (laughs) yeah uh so that's that and i hope you guys enjoy yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll report week after week of how we're doing, how many bruises we have, mm-hmm. if, I, any, if either of us have lost teeth. Yeah, uh, hopefully that's not the case. It's one yeah, of my biggest fears so. is losing any teeth. That's oh, why girl, I have such deep love and, admi- and admiration for the dentist. Same girl. Love the, dentist. love the dentist. I love it when people drill. I love it when they scrape. I love it when they numb. All things. <laughs> yeah, give it all to me. Monica, do we have a question? We do have a question today. I believe it's from someone named Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Okay. Uh, yes, that's right, <laughs> Ashley. I read it as Ansley and I'm foolish. That's not her name. Or maybe it's a male Ashley. That's Who not knows? my name. She asks, or he, or they, ask, Who is your embarrassing zaddy crush? <laughs> Who's yours, Monica? Oh, God. Um, Seth Rogen? <laughs> 
Okay. Like I'm, 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 ge- but I'm not embarrassingly attracted to him. Sure. I genuinely think he's very attractive. Oh yeah. Also, like him, his pottery makes him even more attractive. His pottery? Yeah, you don't, you don't know. He makes pottery. Oh, girl, he's so good. <laughs> I have he to makes Google this. Bases. <laughs> he makes ashtrays. He makes pots. I'm googling. Hold on, Seth Dude, Rogen. He's, oh my god, he's incredible. Like he's actually so good. Wow. If he wasn't married, I would pursue. Oh, and if I wasn't married, too. <laughs> I was gonna say, what about your husband? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Seth Rogen. Okay. Mm. Mine is John Travolta. Hands down. Oh, God. I, I fucking love John that Travolta. That is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid. I was laying in bed this morning watching uh, videos of John Travolta. Oh, God. And I was just like, he's such a nice man. He is still a Scientologist, which, like, I don't agree with. Uh huh. <laughs> you're timeless to me exactly <laughs> no uh john travolta like i love saturday night fever of course you, know, you do girl yeah you know you i love disco i do know that man can move he can have you seen him in greece his he's hip hot, isolation he's a hot potato his hip isolation is very admirable did you see his super bowl ad where he danced with his daughter That's because true. he can still move i guess he can bag of bones that he is <laughs> he's only 66 uh incredible but yeah those are our two i Um, hope that answers your question but yeah that was jim that was james eugene carey james tiberius kirk of the uss enterprise baby (laughs) canada edition (laughs) well as always don't don't sue us daddy favreau Farewell. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, and, and good, good night. night. <laughs> <laughs>